Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. That and Enna screamed bloody murder the entire ride of Pirates of the Caribbean. Got a lot of looks. Lots of parent shame for that one. But I don't think people were actually shaming. I just felt shame because I was like, I ruined everyone's ride. She just got a little bit wet and that was the end of it for her. It was over. So Yeah, it was too much. She couldn't handle it. Full of magic, you know. Yeah, exactly. When you're stuck on a ride and you can't get out, <laughs> anything. You probably caused your children some trauma. Oh, it was Whoa. a big T trauma for Enna, for sure. I was like, for her age, that was a big T trauma. Did you like there... that segue? I was about yeah, to say, that's perfect. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is KJ. This is Taylor. And Jessica. And today... We are going to talk about EMDR therapy. We talked about it briefly in our Finding a Therapist episode, but we're going to dig a little deeper into what it actually is, and then we're going to do a little example of what you might experience in therapy doing EMDR. Jessica, you're good at at kind of telling the background of EMDR, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the mic. Thank you. I am metaphorically taking the mic from you. (laughs) Francine Shapiro is the founder of EMDR, and she was going through a really messy divorce, and she would go on walks at night. And while she would go on these walks, she would watch the cracks in the sidewalk. And she realized when she would get home from these walks, she felt way better about what was going on with her divorce. And so what she realized was for her, what was making the difference was her eyes watching the cracks and her eyes were moving from left to right. And so she started to apply that in her practice and found great success, found that people were able to move through difficult things a lot faster. And so EMDR was born. EMDR standing for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. So desensitizing hard things and then reprocessing so we can understand them in a more positive way. And that's how it started. It just was someone who, it's kind of like accidentally knocking the chocolate into the cookies. You know, it was just discovered by accident and it has turned out to be a hugely wonderful thing for so many people. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an example of how this is working for the brain. So if you picture your brain like a giant room full of filing cabinets, you have a filing cabinet for everything in your life. So you have a filing cabinet for what you ate for lunch every day this week. You have a filing cabinet for each of your relationships. You have a filing cabinet for your job and for school. So what happens when we experience our day is at the end of the day, our brain goes into REM sleep. 
when you're in REM sleep, your eyes are moving back and forth under your eyelids. And studies have found that that is when the brain is processing through what happened during our day. Our brain's going through all the events and it's filing them away in these big filing cabinets in our brain. So it's putting what we had for lunch in a lunch folder and filing it away in that cabinet. What happens when we have a traumatic event is the folder for that event gets filed incorrectly. So if you've ever had a filing cabinet where there's just that pesky file folder that is not sitting nicely, it's sticking out, it's making it so that the drawer can't close, that's what's happening in our brain when we experience trauma. So the file gets filed incorrectly, our brain can't process it, and it's just sticking out, ready to pop up and trigger us when we're least expecting it. So what EMDR essentially does is it goes back to that folder and it helps us file it correctly. With the bilateral stimulation, with the eyes moving back and forth, or stimulating both sides of the body when you're thinking about that traumatic event, that is what goes back in and files that folder correctly so that we can close the drawer, we can get on with our day, we're not triggered at random. Yeah, it basically is taking a memory that we stored as maladaptive, as this did not help me, Mm -hmm. we're changing it to realize it did help me in some way, I can learn and grow, I'm never going to be maybe happy that that traumatic event happened, but I can move on from it. And so it makes sense because our brain, if we're sexually abused, say, has no folder for that. Our brain is not like, oh, yeah, this was supposed to happen to us. And so our brain can't handle it the right way until we can go through it really in a way that is painful, but also in a way that is healing and can move forward. I think that that's a really good point to make is that through your reprocessing, it's not going to make it so that it like never happened or that it's just erased. It just like Jessica said, it puts it in a different folder so that when you do remember it or when you do think about it, it's not so emotionally escalating that you fall apart. So you can think about that event and continue to function. Yeah. Exactly. It's like if you picture a traumatic event as a jack-in-the-box, when you're winding it up, you never know when it's going to pop up and scare you. Mm -hmm. That's what traumatic events cause in our brain. It's like this, Mm -hmm. we're constantly just kind of moving through life like we're going to be scared by this jack-in-the-box at any second and we're not sure what's going to trigger it. What EMDR does is it basically kind of erases that jack-in-the-box effect to where if we reflect on that memory, it's like, oh, that happened and it really sucked. But like Taylor said, you're not just emotionally flooded whenever it Mm -hmm. comes up for you. Right. And you can realize that you're safe now. Bessel van der Kolk is an expert on trauma. And when I went to his training, what he said that he loves the most about EMDR is that it teaches people that the trauma is over. Oh, yeah. It's done. You are safe now. You weren't safe at that moment, but it's over. You can move on in the present. And that's what's beautiful about EMDR. Well, and that's what it's like when we get flooded by trauma, right? Is because we yeah, have you think it's fight, happening flight, again. Or, or freeze response. And so that's why it's so hard to function in those moments when you're feeling your trauma is because you feel like you still either need to escape or you need to fight and your mm-hmm. whole body is 
freaking out because of all of your physiological responses. So if you can remember that, that it's over and that you are safe, that takes at least half the battle away and calms your body down. And Vander Kolk wrote this awesome book called The Body Keeps the Score. And Mm -hmm. it's all about how when you experience trauma, your body remembers it, your body holds on to it. So I just love that imagery because it's so true. And he talks about how, you know, you could be walking down the street and you see a red car and you may have a trauma response to that. Your heart might start pounding, you might start sweating, you might start breathing really hard. And maybe that's linked to you got in a car accident and the car that hit you was a red car. And so your body remembers those traumatic events. And what EMDR does is it goes back into your memory network. It finds those memories. It finds how your body reacts to it, the body sensations. And it connects that to the negative belief or script that you have written in your mind from that event. And it puts them all together. It connects them. And then it essentially desensitizes you to them. Okay, so you heard me mention that my daughter had a big T trauma on Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> because she is very little and so it was a big T trauma. But for someone else, like Taylor's daughter who's three, that might have been a little T trauma where she's like, I'm ready to be done, but she's not freaking out totally. So a big T trauma is when there is a perceived threat to your life, whether it's real or imagined. So you think you're dying just like my daughter literally probably thought she was dying on the Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) right (laughs) but a little t trauma is something that's hard it might be going to school and someone making fun of your socks or getting a bad score on a test things like that but what happens is little t traumas can build up over time and become a big t trauma or a negative belief So, oh, if I fail a lot of tests, I have that belief that I'm bad at school. And that can be a a really difficult belief to live with. And so we want to make sure that you know that, yes, EMDR is for those big T traumas, especially. That's what it was developed for. But it can also help you work through those little T traumas of I'm not good enough or someone keeps making fun of me or I have a bad relationship with this person, that kind of a thing. So there is just different kind of levels of trauma, but they all need to be taken seriously and they can all get better if you just address them directly. Awesome. So we know that this can be kind of hard to conceptualize. So we thought we would just give an example of what this would potentially look like in therapy. So Taylor, let's make you the client. Yes, please. (laughs) And Jessica, You could be the therapist. Okay. So EMDR therapy is made up of eight phases. So basically the first few phases are about gathering information and assessing your trauma. And then we're going to create a safe place, which is going to be a resource that you're going to use as you access those traumatic memories. At the end of the session, you're going to use your safe place to help you calm back down so that you can go back out into the world and live your life. Because a lot of times we're going to activate this trauma memory, but we're not going to get it all the way through it. It might take a few sessions to complete the target. And so you're going to need that safe place to be able to go out and function after we've activated that. 
And then we're going to do the actual reprocessing and desensitization, which is when you bring up your trauma, you talk about it, we do the eye movements, and then you have that new belief installed. And then the last kind of um, phases are working on how you're going to respond to that trigger in the future. Another important thing to note is that if your trauma is not bothering you in the present, you don't need to do EMDR. That's a good so point. EMDR is for when there are present triggers and things that are happening. However, I would warn you to be honest about whether you're being triggered. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of clients who are like, no, that doesn't bother me. And I'm like, really? Because it seems like you're responding to your husband like you responded to your dad. So maybe it is bothering you kind of a thing. So be honest about it. But if you really are like, no, I'm over that, it is 100% possible that you are over it. So you don't need to dredge up things that are not bothering you. Okay, let's pretend like we created a calm, safe place. I mean, that is just what it sounds like. Taylor created a safe place where she's Okay, I'm at the beach. I feel really good. It's calm. It is at the beach. I, I figured it was. <laughs> How did you know? Oh, because we're friends. Friends know <laughs> things like that. Yes. So Taylor, and then she'll have a Q word, which might be like the beach. And so she'll think of the beach and she'll calm down. And what happens in the session with your therapist is they'll do eye movements with you to kind of create the strength behind that calm, safe place. So then we're going to hop to processing through a target. So Taylor, would you like to tell our listeners what target you've chosen to work on today? Of course. So yeah, I, my target today is that whenever I'm driving in a car, um, I feel anxious, anxious that we're going to get hurt or something's Mm -hmm. going to happen to us. Okay. So what we do is we're going to take that target and we're going to dig into it a little bit deeper. So you're going to hear me ask Taylor a series of questions. So, all right, Taylor, when you think about driving that car and that anxiety that you feel, what image best represents that? Um, probably a car accident. Okay. So what do you see when you imagine a car accident? Oh, I always imagine it at night. It's a nighttime car accident. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine, I don't see two cars, actually. I just see one car, the car that has been most affected, and um, not knowing if everybody's okay. Okay. So we brought up the image. Next, we're going to bring up the negative belief that she has surrounding that image. So when you imagine that, What's the negative belief that comes up that you have about yourself? I'm going to get hurt. Okay. So really, I'm not safe, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you rather believe instead? I'd rather believe that, yes, car accidents happen all the time, but I can be okay. Okay. So I can be okay. How true does that feel? A one, not true at all. A seven, very true. How true does it feel? I can be okay. When you think about getting in a car accident or driving. Like a three. Okay, a three. When you bring up that image of the car accident, what emotions come up? Uh, Fear, panic, confusion, uh, anxiety, and dread. 
So pretty much you're just basic, terrible feelings. Mm -hmm. All the bad (laughs) ones. I don't know. (laughs) Literally so it goes. Often when I do this with with clients, it's the same thing. It's like there's 10 negative emotions. It's like there's just so many, right? Okay. So on a scale from zero, doesn't bother me at all, to 10, bothers me more than anything. How disturbing is it when you think about driving right now? Like a three. Okay. So that is what we call a SUD, which is our subjective unit of distress. Our goal is to do our reprocessing and get that SUD to a zero. So we want it to not be bothering you at all. And then after we get that SUD to a zero, we're going to get that other scale that I asked you about the positive belief. We're going to try and get that to a seven, which is totally true. Also, you should note the reason that the scales are weird. You will notice that I asked Taylor a one to seven, seven, yeah, (laughs) which is really weird. It's just so that it's different. So we can differentiate between the two scales. That's the only reason Mm. because otherwise you wouldn't be able to tell which one was which one. So that's why we do that. Mm -hmm. I've asked Taylor all of the questions. So what we did was we activated an image. We activated a belief and we activated her emotions. And then last we're going to activate her sensations. So, Taylor, when you think about that image, those beliefs, what sensations come up in your body? What do you feel in your body? I feel a sort of heat that kind of travels through my entire body. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel my heart racing. I feel uh, shortness of breath, usually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're now going to go into the reprocessing. So Taylor will have already had this explained to her, but we're going to explain it to you guys now. So what we're going to do is we're going to use bilateral simulation to help you process through what's coming up and desensitize it. This can be overwhelming. You might be flooded with emotions, images, sensations, all of that. If you need to, we can stop at any time. Just put your hand up in a stop signal, or we can also create whatever signal you want. But remember that it's kind of like you're on a train and things are going past you. And you just have to remember you're on a train. You're going to continue to move through it. And the more you move through it, the better off you're going to be. Or you can think of it as a really big wave. So I always think of interstellar. I don't know. A lot of people haven't seen that movie, but there's this image in Interstellar where there's this huge, massive wave. and They have to get their spaceship. I do remember that part. Yeah. And that you have to get the spaceship over the wave or the wave is going to crash on top of you and it's going to keep crashing on top of you. And so even if you are flooded, that doesn't mean that it's not working. It probably means that it is working. We just need to get through to the other Mm -hmm. side. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So. I will ask Taylor all those questions, and then what we'll do is we'll start going with that. So, okay, Taylor, I want you to focus on that image and that negative belief, I'm not safe, and follow my fingers. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to start doing bilateral stimulation. I don't make those noises when I do it. (laughs) I feel like it helps. So Taylor would just be like tracking Jessica's fingers Mm -hmm. with her eyes. Yeah. And we can put, we'll put um, 
a visual of this on the Instagram. We'll do a little video of someone following someone's eyes so you can see what it looks like. So follow my fingers. We do that for like 30 seconds. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand down. I'm gonna say, take a breath. What do you notice? I notice other people present. Okay, just go with that. And then I'm going to do another set of BLS. That's the bilateral stimulation. And then I'm going to stop. What do you notice now? Um, I notice it being nighttime and getting a phone call. Okay, just go with that. And we're going to do this for as many sets as Taylor's noticing new information. Mm -hmm. So really what she could bring up would be images. She might bring up feelings. She might bring up thoughts. It can be anything. But what we want is for her to be in the present. So that's why I say, what do you notice now? Mm -hmm. Not just like, what are you noticing in general? So when we do the bilateral stimulation, you might want to rehash everything that came up. But really, you want to stay in the present. So what are you feeling at that moment? What are you noticing at that moment? Where did you mm -hmm. land, basically? Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen is Taylor's going to go through this. She's going to be desensitized. And then I'm going to check in every once in a while once it seems like she's doing better and say, okay, Taylor, how much is it bothering you now? On a scale from zero, no disturbance to 10, a lot of disturbance. Where are you at? Mm-hmm. And then eventually she's going to say, I'm at a zero. It does not bother me, which is great. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do our next phase, which is installing the positive belief. Because as you remember, she started with that belief of I'm not safe. And we want her to get to that belief that she identified of I am okay. And that's going to be obviously a lot better thing to believe when she's in a car. Mm -hmm. So then I'll say like, okay, Taylor, when you think about that image, how true does it feel? I'm okay. One to seven, one, not true. Seven, very true. Where are you at now? Mm -hmm. And hopefully it would be a seven, right? And hopefully it'd be a seven. But if it's not, if it's like a five, six, mm -hmm. then we do bilateral stimulation until it becomes a seven. Mm -hmm. We do a quick future template and installation of that belief. So we say, okay, you have the belief, I'm okay. We go with that until it's a strong seven and you feel good. And then we do a future template, which is, okay, I want you to imagine being in the car, feeling anxious, seeing a car accident, anything like that, and having that belief I'm okay. Can you imagine those together? Hold those together. And then we do more BLS until you can hold those together. And then we close down the session. So we do her calm, safe place. And Taylor gets to go on her merry little way. Mm -hmm. And hopefully experience less anxiety in the car. Easy as that. Like, yeah. it's just as that fast, too. <laughs> it is. And so it really is this. The thing that is different is there are questions at the beginning and then there are the bi the bilateral stimulation. But everything in the middle is just your brain doing the work. Your brain will bring up what it needs to. And I have been amazed. Session after session, I as a therapist have an idea of where I want my client to go and what I want them to realize. And so often I'll take notes and I'll write down what I'm hoping they realize. And just mm -hmm. over and over and over again, they will say that exact thing 
during the next set of reprocessing. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm driving. I see the car. And then I'll be like, maybe I want them to realize that not every car will hit them. And then we go with another set and they're like, but you know what? Not every car is going to hit me. And I'm like, yes, your brain has it. I don't have to say anything. The healing is done by them. I'm just being kind of the helper. Yeah. And I think it's good because it's like you, it's almost like your brain wants to get there. Yes. You know, it, it really is that like subconscious of, it's almost just like creating an environment where your brain can free associate and be safe mm-hmm. and know that it's being cared for. And then all of a sudden it's wanting to do the work for you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why the therapist is following a script, right? Because the brain wants to do the work. It's going to do the work and the therapist is just prompting it. And yeah. I think my clients can get frustrating sometimes I work with teenagers and they'll say their thoughts and then they'll look to me like, I want you to comment on it or give me advice. And I'm just like, notice that. And they give me this annoyed look of like, oh my gosh. You're the worst. Why aren't you responding to this I have to do the work right now. Jeez. (laughs) But then they realize at the end of it that they did all of that. And it's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I know it can sound kind of confusing and convoluted but it really makes sense when you're in it so Mm -hmm. if you just think of emdr as a way to facilitate your brain to reprocess traumatic memories and desensitize your brain to them that's basically what we want your takeaway to be and i think people can kind of think it's weird initially but just know that yeah if you think it's weird your first two sessions it's going to normalize for you Mm -hmm. as you feel your body calming down and healing it will it'll even out it'll be it'll be normal so go out there if you have some trauma find yourself an emdr therapist and get going it'll be super helpful and remember, uh, if you're looking for a therapist, like we talked about in our last podcast, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. But you can go on Psychology Today, and there are filters that you can put in. Like, I want a therapist that does EMDR. Exactly. And then you can search that way. Yeah, it's one of the top three ways to work through trauma. So, go get at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. See you later, everyone. Until next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com. And if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Bloopers. Bloopers. So if and, you, oh sorry, I was gonna make a joke, but I thought you were pausing. <laughs> sorry, keep going. I'm sure that was gonna be well. Yeah, it was a joke. Now it's done. That was done. Keep going. Awesome. And that was... <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
I'm just gonna stop talking until you guys bring me in for the for the EMTR. 